Hey, good morning. You made it. You're awesome. You guys who are watching online, you made it. You're not as awesome, but you're pretty awesome. We're, we're, but just for the folks who are here, um, we're, we're so glad that you're here. I'm aware of time. I realize, uh, I wish we had the time-lapse camera, right, as, it, as it's going on, but um, I want to be aware of time and, and getting all of us out here um, at, at somewhere at the right time. We're in this study in the month of January, and it's a wonderful look uh, of four reasons why, four reasons why of um, putting Jesus first. And um, today I have the privilege of talking about Christian community and to frame our steps to, to just get a perspective of, of, of Christian community. Um, when we think of that, we I just the bigger picture of church and, and what that means as, as we walk together to be the body of Christ. And so, Christian community, it's, it's I, I think you have a sense or an idea of what that is. We gather together in fellowship as the body of Christ. We do life together. We meet together. And if we go all the way back to even Adam in the garden, we realize that we're not that different than him. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, when God says in Genesis 2, where he says, it is not good for, man, for the man to be alone, I will make a suitable helper for him. God didn't want Adam to be alone, and he doesn't want us to be alone. So, Fast forward, from Adam, fast forward into now, the Hebrew passage that we look at today, I, I hope you all have a sense of that Hebrews 10 passage that, that we're looking at. It's, it's, I hope, in some way familiar to you, but um, I, I just want to draw that up before we sort of jump into the heart of the text, where it reads, um, Hebrews 10, 24, 25, it says this, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for what we have seen and heard. We're grateful um, that you are working in our midst Lord Jesus, we're thankful that you are here and evident. And Lord, draw us together as a body. Um, help us open our eyes and our hands, our, our feet uh, to one another here at River Ridge and, and cause us to move together in unity. God, thanks for all that you teach today. We lift up your word um, Help us understand it by your Holy Spirit. Help us get through this. And, and Lord, um, bless all of the folks here here this morning. Just protect them as they um, travel to their homes. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't, there's no assumption that, you know, God is calling us to be in relationship with one another and to be together. And we've run just in these past few years, this, 
these road, roadblocks that have hindered and, and disrupted Christian community. And, and we realize as the, uh, you know, that familiar verse in John 10, as the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, the enemy has worked to destroy Christian community. And we know COVID and, 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 this, and it stinks, and this is unlike anything that we have faced before, but I would say that this hindrance and devastation, it's not new to the church. And, and Jesus' words continue to reverberate through these thousands of years, through these centuries, where he says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So before we, we jump into the, the four reasons, I, I really want to focus on what sets up verses 24 and 25, because it's awesome. And it's a, it's a look into the motivation of being together. It's, it grounds us. It, it, it roots us in, in why we would gather together. So think of it as, as perspective and, and, and motivation um, for our love and our good works, for our encouraging one another, for our gathering together. So if you have a Bible or, or follow along in, um, up above um, or your, your phone app or whichever, we're looking at Hebrews 19. There is no Hebrews 19. And Go Local isn't in November. It's in January. So just remember that. Um, <laughs> we're in Hebrews 10. We're in Hebrews 10, uh, verse 19. Did you catch that? All you <laughs> Hebrew, um, chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, and we're going to hold on that for we're going to camp here for just a little bit. The writer of Hebrews is is sharing with his Jewish audience that Jesus is the therefore, because we say that often, right? What is the therefore, therefore? And, and it's talking about Jesus, and this is through Christ's death on the cross. He has made the once and for all sacrifice. That's um, part of verse 12. Christ has made the definitive once and for all sacrifice. He was the ultimate, the one and only payment for sin, he himself did away with this entire sacrificial system that is set up in, in penalty for sin. And, and this sacri sacrificial system existed for over 1,500 years. And it stopped because of Jesus and his sacrifice. All, with Doing away with um, the sacrifice of sheep and, and goats and uh, burnt offerings and sin and guilt offerings and so on and so on, Jesus acts as our priest, our mediator. And as we examine the sacrificial system, this is sort of what Hebrews is setting up. Only the high priest could enter the most holy place, the holy holies of, of God's presence, his Shekinah glory, this dwelling, um, was seen and felt, and only this priest could go into that place 
and, the, and what separated the Holy of Holies from other parts of the temple, but really us is this curtain, this veil that you, you may, may know about. That was uh, 30 feet wide, 60 feet high, and four inches thick. And, I, and it, someone shared that like 300 people had to carry this, this curtain. It separated us, but in a sense, it was supposed to protect us. Um, and Jesus acts as our high priest on our behalf, and we'll explain that a little bit, but he wasn't just the priest preparing and killing the sacrifice. He was also our lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was the sacrifice. And what existed over 1,500 years in the sacrificial system and payment for sin, Jesus' one act of laying down his life and on the cross and bleeding on our behalf. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He replaced the sacrificial system on this one act of the cross and to add this even definitive mic drop, so to speak, is this, this curtain upon his death on the cross. We know what happened, right? What happened with this curtain? It was torn from top to bottom. Just, and so this, what kept us away from God's Shekinah glory through the cross and the, the tearing of the curtain and, and, and what he's saying to, to those who have placed their trust and faith in Jesus and on his death, we have confidence to enter into the holy places by the blood of Jesus. I'm invited, and so are you. And you can come into that presence and stay there and, and live there. And I, I love Ben and, and Matt have also talked about this, of, of just this idea that we have access, that you're in, you and I have an all-access pass with the God of the universe. We have entrance and permission, and come on in, man. All of you, all of us are invited. Verse 20 says, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, and, and okay, this invitation that the writer is giving us, since we have, the writer, remi- the writer is reminding us of Jesus' sacrifice and, and Jesus' love and what has been revealed, this is what you and I have been given to be invited into this place. Because of all of this, the author is sharing, reframe your mind and recalibrate your heart. Reframe what you believe. This is your new identity. This is who you are. We sang about who God is, but this is who we are because of God. We are forgiven. We are loved. 
reconciled and redeemed. And it's not because you and I are so awesome. It's because God is awesome. And he's inviting us to, to fellowship. He's inviting us, giving us this all-access pass that we can have fellowship with the God of the universe that's made possible through the once and one and only ultimate definitive sacrifice from what Jesus did on the cross. So the author points us to, now let me remind you of this, but let me remind you how we're to, to live. So we look at verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This invitation that we have, is, it's this, I don't know, continual running water. It's, it's ongoing, it's sustaining, and it keeps cleaning. It keeps purifying our stuff, our mess, our guilt, and our shame that we face every day. And God is able to forgive but the call and the invitation requires movement on our part and reminding us to draw near. And so, moving on in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. In um, an older translation, J.B. Phillips, he shares... In this confidence, let us hold on to the hope that we profess without the slightest hesitation, for he is utterly dependable. So hold tightly with confidence and boldness and onto that hope, and we just really there's that reality that we'll let go, but God is not letting go. That access pass still stands, and you've got it, and thank, thank God I do too. So, we're in the heart, we're in this message, and there may be eight inches of snow on the ground, and we haven't gotten to this outline yet, okay, but we're getting to it right now. Um, we're getting there, and all of it sets up... Um, as, as, as it sets up this Christian community that we are to have with one another. So we go back in verses 24, 25. It says this, and let us consider, thank you, and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you say the day drawing near. Let's hear a terrible joke. You want to hear one? Terrible joke. Okay, here it is. Um, this may be a fireable offense, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, this passage really likes salad because it says lettuce so much. Thank you. Uh, let's pray. No, let us 
let us draw near, let us hold fast, let us consider the passage. It, yes, it changes course a little bit from what it was talking about before. The, the previous exhortations that, that the writer is, is giving the church, these are these vertical, um, this vertical idea, this in relationship to God. Hold hold hope, hold unswervingly, unswervingly to our faith. And now the, the, it shifts a bit. This imperative moves to you and to me. It shifts to the body of Christ, to, to the church, of Christian community. Our coming together in Christian community, it's a response to all that Jesus has done. And so we go after that. We strive for that. You and I were not intended to do life alone. But the reality is there's a lot of us doing life alone. And through what God has accomplished on the cross and in the temple as our priest and as our, as our mediator, as our sacrifice, part of what makes it possible, what he's wanting to make possible is this access that we can have with one another as brothers and sisters in unity. And so we're, let's, let's jump into our outline. Let's jump into our outline. Um, the first one, it shares, through Jesus, we are given access to God, and God calls us to grant access to one another. That's as he gives us this invitation, he's making this invitation available for all of us that we would give each other permission we would open up a way to one another. You and I, um, we are to have an all-access pass as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, and I realize that that can't happen with everyone. But we make those attempts and we create healthy boundaries to give our lives away and to receive the lives of others who are giving their lives away and give permission to have access to our lives where we open ourselves up to love and to grace and, and community and acceptance, the fullness of relationship. Because of Jesus giving access and interest, entrance to God, we are to model that same entrance to each other of life-giving community, of, of creating a safe place an accepting place, a, a loving place. We don't want you to be part of a life group just to be in a group. We want you to be part of that so where awesome things like this can happen in your journey, in your steps with your journey with God. And what God has done vertically through Jesus, God wants this lived out horizontally in relationship with one another. We take a little turn in this, but as, as we kind of close, we, we look at these three other things that, that reflect upon the, the, the verses 24 and 25. And so we, this is what we get to be a part of. Not obligations, but these become opportunities for us where we stir one another on. Other translations, we spur one another on. And one that I'd like too is just this we provoke one another to love and to good deeds. So number two, we get to live out the gospel in everyday life. 
So in this Christian community, in the, the church, we put this to the test to live out and model God's grace and truth to one another. And we deal with our stuff. We deal with our mess. We deal with our sin. And yes, that is scary and it's messy and it's also beautiful to where God can work into that through the lives of other people in relationship and we open ourselves to those places of accountability and, and vulnerability. And we need to learn to love as Jesus loves. We learn to receive others as, as Jesus receives them and we learn to forgive in the way Jesus forgives. So that's a sense of what we get to do, to live out the gospel in everyday life. Number three, we get to love and serve together. And I love, and I hope you do too, how River Ridge Church causes us, moves us, guides us, and, and, and gives us that nudge to love and serve together and to love and serve our neighbor. Haiti, Moldova, Kenya, student ministry, family ministry, the hospitality team, go local, churches left the building, Second Avenue Center, Matt mentioned the warming shelters, there's life groups, and in these places there's just this opportunity, and I, I apologize for anyone or anything that I've left out, but there's this opportunity for grace to be put in action, loving and serving, um, and as, as that happens, community is forming, and community is transforming, and I love that passage of, of 1 John. I don't have it. Um, sorry, Chris, but where, where John is saying, let us not love in words or tongue, but let's love in actions and in truth, and that's the op opportunity that we have as God's redeemed people to do these things, this opportunity that happens in our community with one another. The last one we have, um, number four, we get to practice and prepare for heaven. The day is approaching. The day is approaching. Man, <laughs> oh gosh, just a, the... The, the oper the, that day when we won't see these stinking masks or, or deal with um, the sin that's in our hearts or deal with the injustice that, that um, we or someone walks in every day. That day is coming. And what we do as a Christian community, as the body of Christ, as the church, we, we're in dress rehearsal. We're... we're I, I don't want to just say standby, but we're, we're, we're in this place of this um, um, now but not yet, because there is not yet coming of, of this, the day. And yes, that, that day suggests Christ coming back as, as our warrior and as our king and, and this, uh, this sense of judgment, but the gospels suggest to you and to me that there's a, a preparation and a preparedness on our part for his return. And as the church, as this Christian community, we get to take action and live out what we believe 
I like this verse as it, as it sums up our time. Um, it's 1 John 4, 19. And it's very simple. I think we can all memorize it. <laughs> we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Loved us. God loved us in the most amazing way. And I hope you caught that when it, when it, and it, as it talks about Jesus in the temple. We saw this as, as we celebrated Christmas and, and the God of the universe came down in the form of a baby and that he lived the life that we were supposed to live and died and suffered the death that we deserved to die. He's our priest. He's our sacrifice. And he's given us that all-access pass to us so that we could know and experience that kind of love. And that's the same love that he's calling us to as a Christian, as a, excuse me, a Christian community, as the church. So I want to encourage you and encourage me and challenge you and challenge me in this next step of your journey with God. I hope all it would take is a few clicks on the mouse, you know, of going to riverridge.church, going to sign up for anything, and going to this life group interest form and taking that step or that risk to engage and be a part of Christian community.